American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Seth and Jack of Marseille over Zoom video. Both Seth and Zach talk about where they grew up and how they got into music. Seth actually was born in Hong Kong, moved to Seattle, and then eventually moved to uh, the Virginia, D.C. area. And that's where he met Jack and the rest of the guys in Marseille. They had a band prior to, to this band, and they did a lot of touring, put out uh, a few EPs, and eventually got signed to Rise Records. They signed the deal with Rise Records right before the pandemic hit. So they signed this record deal. Uh, they're recording an album and then the whole world shuts down, which they say in the interview is kind of a blessing in disguise. So it, was, it was an opportunity for them to regroup and listen to the songs that they had previously recorded. Um, they've released two songs so far and uh, they're getting ready to release their first full-length record with Rise Records. You can watch our interview with Seth and Jack on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Mayor Say. Good to be talking with you guys. Thank you so much. Um, this podcast is about you guys and your journey in music and starting Mercy and how you guys got to where you are now. Okay, right cool. on. Cool, cool. Uh, Seth, why don't you start? Where are you both originally from uh, DC? Um, I mean, I spent my, I guess my formative years out in this area, sort of Northern Virginia, but I spent the first half of my life um, outside Seattle. So I oh, kind of right. split my childhood 50-50 um, cool. so on both born coasts. In, born, in, uh, born in Seattle then. Okay, awesome. Tell actually, me about that a little bit. I was born in Hong Kong, actually. I moved oh, to my Seattle. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, tell me about that. Your military family? No, my mom was teaching at the University of Hong Kong, and my dad was working on um, sort of the beginnings of the infrastructure that laid the basis for the internet in the 1990s in Hong Kong. And so I just was a, a sideshow to that. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's incredible. How long were you in, in Hong Kong for? Um, I'd say I was 94 to 97, three years, three years-ish. So, I mean, I was, I was still little, but. Wow, have you been back since? Yeah, yeah. I, I went back when I was around nine, and then I went back again around 2014. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Did, that's, that's really, do you have dual citizenship or no? No, I was, I was, I'm a, a naturalized American citizen because my parents were both American citizens. So, um, Got it. and I guess like technically I would be, I would be a British citizen or a citizen of the UK because it was a, it's a, it was a colony at the time and we left right before the handover. Or when the, oh. the transition started, so interesting yeah, it's all weird thing, but that's awesome. That's really cool, though. Okay, so then you moved to Seattle. Yes. What was that like? Tell me about that growing up. It was really good. I mean, I spent. I feel like that. That's where I really consider my childhood starting because that was when I was sort of online. You know, I was like conscious and I had memories of that. So sure. Um, it was really good. I, I was. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it was cloudy for sure, but that was just sort of what I knew. It was just, I had nothing to compare it against. That was just my life. I mean, I really, I haven't been back to um, Mercer Island where I lived in 10 years. So I, I mean, I have nothing, but I have like fond memories, but also some, you know, stinging memories. Cause I, I had like my formative, like um, childhood experiences there. So, I mean, it was, it was just, you know my childhood i can't really i don't really have any it's hard to articulate really <laughs> no worries we yeah. uh we flew over there 
in on uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh recently, yeah, <laughs> and those those memories just came uh, rushing back to you, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I yeah. spent a lot of time out. Spent a lot of time outside. You know, it was rainy, but I would run around and you know pretend to be a clone commando from Star Wars and in the rain and you know play sure. Camino Camino missions. You know. <laughs> there um, you go. <laughs> but yeah. Rad. Well, okay. So wh- when did you get into music? Um. When I was in um, Washington, that was when I, I first started to realize that it was something that I was, I felt like I could do, I was interested in, or I felt like I had a knack for, and I wanted to explore. And so I had my first band over there with a couple, couple guys that I knew from middle school. And, um, you know, we just played exclusively My Chemical Romance covers. And that was sort of how I learned how to play guitar and, and like wrap my head around song structure. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, so around sixth grade. Rad. When when did you move to DC? Same time period. Uh, eighth grade. So that so two thousand eight. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Okay. So you moved there. When did you? So when sixth grade is when you started the My Chemical Romance star stuff. And yeah, you were yeah. Still, so you were still in yeah. Seattle at that time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Right on. Uh, well, what about you, Jack? When did? Are you from originally from DC? Uh, yeah. I was I was born in DC, and then like just months later, I ended up moving to Northern Virginia. So. Technically, yeah, I'm from DC. Okay, right on. And how did you get into music? Uh, pretty much all through my older brother. I think it was uh, it was Guitar Hero that really sealed the deal. Sure. Me. He brought home Guitar Hero two, uh, and I was pretty into that. And then they came out with the version with the drum set. Oh yeah, uh, Rock Band. Yeah, yeah, and those <laughs> skills uh, translate over pretty one to one. So, and then my brother also had an actual you know acoustic drum set, so I just got in on that. So, yeah. Right on. So that you always, always were a drummer then. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Rad. Okay. And what were you like? What was your brother listening to? That, that what? What did he get you into? Um, you know, I, I really was never quite into the, the music that he was into. He was into like ACDC, a lot of a lot of metal and rock. Okay. Know, heavy, heavy rock music. Um, and I kind of got into it from like the Killers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just more like. I don't know. I love video games at the time. So I was like, oh, Guitar Hero, you know, just hit the buttons and it just slowly morphed into uh, a love for music. Sure. And with with drums, were you in drumline or anything uh, in school? No, never, never did any of that stuff. Um, it looked like fun, though. Kind of wish I did. <laughs> what about bands? When when did you start playing with other no, people? Dude, no, I didn't do like almost any extracurricular stuff. It was pretty much just uh, our our band. Oh really? Yeah, so your band was the first band that you are you guys playing together was the first band? It was it was my first band, not not his. Um right. we had met in high school through a mutual friend and uh yeah, it was my first band. Okay, so you guys both met in high school then? Yeah. Yeah. And that's in the band started in high school. No, I think the initial collaborate well, so I met our keyboard player Colby when I moved to Virginia in 2008. We went to the same middle school. Okay. Um it's called Cooper Middle School. Did you go to Cooper? No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so, so Colby and I met and then we started collaborating and then high school comes and then I meet, I meet Jack. He was the next sort of person in, in this project that I, that I met. And he, um, and he and I were in a metal band, ironically <laughs> being signed to rise records. We don't play metal music, but we were in a right. like rise records sort of style metalcore band. That was our initial we were playing like Devil Wears Prada covers and stuff like that. Okay. And um, and so that was our first collaboration. And then I meet Nick in junior year of high school and we start a separate band. 
And then eventually all these different relationships sort of coalesce over the years into Merci. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right so, on. I, yeah. It's kind of like, I, I, I guess you could say the, the, the initial collaboration, like I said, that, that um, sparked the journey that led to us being here talking to you started in 2008 when I met Colby, but I, we sort of all met each other along the way through different projects. Okay. So when did this band like officially form then? I mean, it sort of, it was less of a formation and more of an evolution out of a previous band where um, the previous band that this, that Mercy is sort of a, an extension of started in 2013, I guess you could say. That was when we got Colby on keys and Jack on drums in the band and then me and Nick and Justin. And that was really when everything started to sort of like lock in or Justin came a little bit later, but um, we were sort of operating under a different name for a couple of years and touring a lot. Oh, okay. You no. Know? So, so, and then it eventually led to us being offered the record deal. And so then we, we felt like that our old name was sort of a, a moniker that felt really good when we were in high school, but being, you know, 24, 25, 26, that we wanted to now sort of adopt a, a different sort of, um, creative posture okay um, so yeah so that's basically where it comes okay from. so the band got signed be, but doing all because of the what your other band or the, the same band under a different name had yeah. accomplished yes yeah exactly. got it okay well tell me about the the beginning stages of, of of that or this band but under the different name where'd you guys record like a demo and like you're talking about touring like yeah i mean it was pretty typical i mean it was just a process of um writing producing and recording a lot of eps touring on those eps building relationships locally and then eventually across the east coast and and then which and that eventually led to us having a relationship with our, our current management who got us the record deal um yeah and it was just a really slow i mean it's just one of those typical stories where it's just baby steps you know just mm -hmm. little teeny tiny movements like moves forward and sort of making mistakes and you know, putting out an EP and seeing some results from it and then saying to ourselves, okay, well, we did X, Y, and Z right and this wrong. So let's do another EP and change the formula a little bit. And every EP we released was sort of uh, a refinement of the release and writing process. And um, yeah, it was just sort of like this um, reflexive sort of self-improving cycle, I suppose. And then that was punctuated by promotion and touring and stuff like that. There's a lot of moments of getting pushed to the brink where you're just like, what are we doing? Yes. Is any of this is any of this worth it? There was okay. a lot of that. That that sort of attitude pervaded the entire process where we were like, man, what like is there even a point anymore? I mean, like that last EP was cool, but I mean, are we really like wh what's the point here? Like are we <laughs> It's hard to describe. There's a lot of cynicism that sort of builds up when you're when you you're doing what you love, but you're you're just wanting more and more and more and more. And then your, your metrics of success keep rising. And then you, you sort of get, you start to spiral a little bit in a weird way. I feel sure. like. <laughs> well, with that, like you, you talk about touring, like what, when did you guys do your first tour? 2014, maybe, maybe end of, yeah, 2014, I think. Well, I mean, we had sort of, what, when, what, when was it? Did we, I mean, we kind of did little, weekend runs where we would do a couple shows here and there you know where we would say okay well we have a show 
in so-and-so city. So we're going to book a show on our way to that show. And that, but I wouldn't really call that a tour. I guess 2013. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. So you would book shows out outside of Virginia, DC area. And if you could catch something else on, on that route or whatever, you would, you'd play that show as well. Yeah. And that was the beginning of it. Right on. And with these EPs, like what were, what was the success you, you said you were, you know, um, change, like you, you were raising the bar of what success was, but like, what were the next, what was the, the baby steps that kind of led to where you are now? I think it was just this continual refinement of the art itself where we started the band literally in like a garage band sort of sense where we were just on our, it was just us in the room on our instruments playing. And then when we would make a record, the record was just a really raw capture of that, that sort of experience of just a band mm-hmm. playing. And then every EP that we would release, the production value would increase and we would sort of, you know, just do everything we could to like really, you know, up, up our game in the studio to make really exciting, cool records. But were you guys always working with the same producer or different people uh, on each, each EP? Well, he actually produced uh, an EP of a band that led, that sort of became this current band. He produced the first Archie EP. We recorded it in your bedroom. Oh, wow. I don't don't want to talk about that one. It it, (laughs) it was not very good. It was sound quality. It was before he was in the band and I had known him through another project. So, um, but yeah, but I mean, I I guess to answer the question generally, we've been, we've generally always worked with, um, this guy named Ben Green out of DC who um, has a studio called Ivacota and he was in a band called Fairweather, mm-hmm. um, which was really big in like the sort of post hardcore scene in like the early 2000s. And then on this record, we brought in our friend, Sean Robinson, who's also a producer. And so between myself, Sean and Ben, we sort of sort of functioned as the, the production team for our current album that um, I guess we're going to eventually release, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, we sort of really kept things close to home. I don't oh, awesome. have. What about, uh, you talked about meeting your manager and he's there, how you got signed to rise. How did you, how did you meet the management? Um, we, we did a tour at, with a band called under fire and our manager was the bassist in that band. And, oh, okay. um, and, you know, it was a good experience and we sort of became friends and then we sort of, we just went our separate ways. But then a couple years down the road, we, we released our last independent EP. Um, the, he hit us back up and he was like, you know, I'm doing more management work now and I'd, I'd like to manage you guys. And so it just sort of was a connection that came back around from one, one little tour that we did. Wow. And tell me why, why did you, why na- the name change? And was that, before you guys signed to Rise or after you had signed the record deal? It was before. Um, oh, no. How would you describe it? It was like during the whole thing. We were like, if we're, if we're going to be, you know, pursuing this, this record deal, it might be a good opportunity to just sort of start. Not, not from scratch, but, but maybe just to, to clear the air. Mm-hmm. No, honestly, one of, the, one of the biggest reasons is that the old name, it, it does not roll off the tongue too well. Um, it gets pretty, pretty annoying. Um, pretty disheartening when you're, when you're, people ask you about the band and you're like, oh yeah, 
the name is this. And they're like, can you repeat that? Oh, it pretty much it. happens every single time. We were just, <laughs> we were just like, you know, maybe this is a, this is the opportunity if we're going to do this. Sure. Okay. And why, why, uh, tell me about the deal with rise. I mean, that must've been a huge moment for you guys. Yeah, it was pretty insane. It was sort of, um, it was really like, honestly, a little scary because mm-hmm. we were, and this is pre pandemics because, and so we were anticipating that we were going to sign this deal, make this record. And we were just going to like go, you know? Okay. And, and we were like, okay, you know what? We've been asking for this and we're about to get it. So everybody like buckle up here. Um, but I mean, my personal philosophy on it was that, I mean, you only live once, right? I mean, you just gotta, if you're going to get the opportunity to do it, like you might as well just give it a shot. Um, and I still feel that way personally, but. Mm-hmm. So, you, sorry, go sorry. Ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, um, yeah, it's been it's it's been pretty crazy. Um, I guess one misconception I had about about getting on a label is that you kind of assume that uh, everything basically just gets handled for you, besides the music writing. Mm-hmm. And like as, as we've worked with them, we, we've we figured out that it's like it's much more rewarding to sort of have a give and a take kind of thing. Um, so like we ended up shooting our own music video on an iPhone. Okay. And um, is that the foolish me video? Uh, that's, the, that's the haunt me one. Okay. But uh, it's, it's just been really nice to have, have those resources and have them uh, be able to help us out on a lot of stuff. Sure. That's awesome. Um, you said you signed with them pre, you know, pandemic. How did yeah. that like kind of affect it all? Like I mean, that must've been pretty shock i mean you have this big these big plans and you're signed to a record label and then it's well actually you know no one's leaving the house for a year now yeah we were in the middle of um the recording process and so we were we had sort of just started to get into tracking the record when the pandemic hit and we were all just sort of saying to ourselves okay we have no idea what this thing is or how this is going to happen this is like something out of a movie so let's just all this can wait this this recording can wait so Mm -hmm. we all sort of sequestered for a couple months and um and then when we were able to restart the recording process several months later about three months later we did but um i think in some ways and i've described it this way before that it was sort of a um a blessing in disguise that um because those three months that we got where we were just sitting at home quarantining, I I personally took it as time to, you know, sort of evaluate the work that we had been doing in the studio and sort of really ask myself if, if what, what more I could be doing personally to like make it like even more legit or the recordings even better. Um, And sort of, cause there was this sort of like, whenever you make a record, it's sort of like a discovery process where you're sort of learning things along the way and applying them as you go. And you may do something on one song and say to yourself, okay, this, this song now sets the bar that we have to get all these other songs up to. And so that, that quarantine period was an opportunity to do that um, for me personally. But I mean, now we've sort of adapted, I'd say. What about you, Jack? How did, were you like, you know, you get this deal and then it's kind of, did it feel like it was all taken away? Um, not, not really. I mean, it was, it was obviously pretty heartbreaking but mm-hmm. as far as musicians go it seemed that we were probably in a better spot than most just because we didn't exist yet mm-hmm. y- you know so it's like we we essentially had the opportunity to just sort of wait 
as opposed to like some musicians that you know i saw bands that had put out an album like two weeks before the full lockdown having to like cancel right. their shows. that was horrible to watch so like i'm i'm kind of not too up- upset about it i would uh love to get out on the road though yeah <laughs> but patience patience sure 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 so was the record already written before before it all stopped and you guys were in the in the phase of recording the whole album or did you have certain songs that you're ready to record i'd say i'd say about 85 to 90 percent of it was written and that there were some songs where we wanted to the demo was pretty much there but there were obviously little sections that we were like okay Seth needs to finish the lyrics or we need to fi- figure out what this guitar part is going to be or what this section is going to be. So, um, and that's typically stuff that we've done pretty rapidly um, while the recording process has been going on. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much fully formed before we went into the studio. Cause it was a, it was just a collection of demos that we had been um, aggregating over the, basically the past two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with, with the, with the songs, like it, the record, is done or are you still working on the recording process of it we're in the mastering process now so oh right on we're in the home stretch cool and uh i guess we the song he released recent the most recent one is uh foolish me correct uh haunt me is the most recent one. Oh, haunt me is the most yeah, recent yeah. one okay um well, t- well t- tell me about why why did you decide on foolish me as the, was that the first single you guys put out yes, yes okay was. why was that the the lead track well, it was one of the songs that was the most complete at the time. And so we just, I think we, we talked as a band and we just said to ourselves, we had three options, I think. And um, we just said, let's just let the label decide. You know, we like, we, we're like proud of all of these songs. You know, we don't really, I feel, I feel like we were, we were like confident with leading with any one of them. And it was just sort of up to, we wanted to let the label sort of decide what, um, what, what, what they avenue to take kind of yeah yeah exactly it, it also had like a tie-in with COVID a little bit because lyrically it's it, the song's about uh like long distance relationships and love mm-hmm. and so we we thought that it might connect with people on some level about you know being distanced from people they care about sure sure that makes a lot of sense and you said the most recent video was shot on a on an iphone yeah how is that pulled off tell me about that man that was that was a whole uh that was a whole process <laughs> um where to, where to begin with that one i don't know uh, it was we it was his idea he was the one who really like took the lead and was we were trying to figure out how to do the next video what the we had the next single picked out we were trying to figure out how to do the video and we were throwing around treatment ideas and he came in and and was like i think we can just do this one ourselves like i'm gonna figure this out and so he came forward and like made it happen pretty much and was <laughs> like i've got i've got this we've got the gimbal we've got yeah, you we can got describe a gimbal. It, but yeah um yeah, because the song's called Haunt Me, so we were like thinking of some horror movies that we might want to take inspiration from. And then um, I was just thinking that like, you know, old school, pre-60s, 50s, black and white movies, they're pretty like campy and kind of DIY. So it was like, you know, why not? So we, we got, or I did some uh, some test footage where I recreated scenes from The Lighthouse. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. But that was like, that was the starting block. So I sent that to everybody. And it was like, that was the moment where I think we realized that we could, we might be able to do it. So. Mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome yeah the, i'm watching the uh, clips of it now and it is super like sp- spooky like the just the black and white feel and the lighting that you guys are able to uh, to accomplish on it looks it looks really dope thank you very cool very cool 
Um, well, what's next for you guys? I mean, you just put this single out, what, about a month ago now? Do you have another one ready to roll out, or are you going to wait and, and, and put the, the record out as full next? Or I think the plan is another single and another video, but we're sort of um, in the planning phases right now. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for, for talking with me today. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. I have one more question for you both. I want to know if I can get an answer from each of you, but I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Oh, why don't you go first? Oh, because man, you're you going to make me go first? Art. <laughs> have fun. Have fun. <laughs> Is that it? Why don't you go? I need to think, I need to think about oh, it. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I think, and this, well, this, this was advice that was given to me is that I just feel that you have to be just really persistent in shaking hands and knocking on doors and you're going to get a lot of no's, right? But then eventually you're going to get one yes from somebody that's just going to open the door just wide enough for you to get your foot in. And then that one yes will lead to another, will lead to another. And I mean, you'll just be surprised in the ways that your career can develop if you're really pursuing music seriously. Like, I mean, we, where us being where we are now um, was due to the, was due to one little tour and one relationship that we made and just like an honest, genuine friendship that we, that we had that came full circle, you know? And so I think um, just to be sort of keep your eyes out and just keep networking and keep talking to people and just um, don't give up and, because that next little baby step will probably be the step that sort of gets you to where you want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, uh, all the kids out there, don't be too hard on yourselves. Yeah. But, but also there is, there's a certain level of, um, like you have to, you have to be critical with yourself sometimes and pull, pull yourself back and be able to evaluate like what's my skills, where am I going? What have I done? What could I be doing better? You know, but, but like I just said, don't take that too seriously. Don't be too hard on yourselves. Yeah, that's advice that we need to take personally. Take our advice.